Hello out there and welcome to episode 5 of Technologic, what we're calling CryptoCon Artistry. Yep, we're going to cryptocurrency here. It's been all the rage for years and picking up steam with so many out there hawking and promoting all sorts of coins and crypto opportunities. Some tell you can be rich, others tell you it's the perfect time to get in on the action. Don't miss out when it's so easy to get in. You've seen these ads somewhere. It could be YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Basically, any platform that allows anyone without any known credentials to present themselves as cryptocurrency experts, you should listen to. When you have an unregulated industry and pair it with a frenzy of investment, you get the potential for a major bubble. Except crypto doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's not like in the old days, where you read about stocks in the business section of a newspaper. It traverses digital platforms. It makes headlines every day. It is rife with speculation. The technology behind it is also difficult to understand, even for those like me who make their living covering the tech industry. And while crypto is definitely not the only thing that fits those descriptions, it often involves larger sums of money. The kind of cash that could affect a lot of people who might not know any better. It's that kind of pitfall that inspired this episode. So while I won't necessarily be talking about personal or anecdotal like a personal or anecdotal story like I did with episode three about hacked Instagram accounts, I will be giving you a sort of macro perspective of what's been going on and what to look out for. Now, before I go any further, I do want to set the table a little bit here. Crypto unto itself is a pretty broad topic. So with that in mind, here's what this episode is not going to do. I won't be going into what cryptocurrencies are. Where they originated from, like the story behind Bitcoin's development, which, I mean, that would be an episode unto itself. I, I won't be analyzing what different coins are about or why or how they differ from others. And I definitely won't be acting like the so-called experts I'll be talking about in this episode and tell you what you should or shouldn't invest in. Well, okay, actually that last one is actually partially true because this episode is very much a cautionary tale, but it's not all bad. The good news is that a lot of what we're going to talk about here today is going to be fairly easy for you to process. That's why I have to be clear by saying that I'm, I'm simply not qualified enough to tell you what is a good crypto investment. I'm not giving you advice over what's worth putting your hard-earned money in. What we are going to look at are crypto scams and frauds in their various forms. This digital gold rush has attracted all kinds of characters, including unsavory types who would presumably feel little inclination to hold back in siphoning money and betraying the trust of those who invest based on their advice. I guess it's the old adage of a fool and his money are soon parted. The difference this time is that questionable advice and alleged frauds are coming from contemporaries of all ages. We'll get to this later, but there are 19-year-olds peddling cryptocurrencies on social media to their followers, likely impressionable youngsters attracted to a fast buck that bears no actual sweat or toil. That's really only scratching the surface. A report from Chain Analysis, it's a blockchain data firm, estimated that scammers got away with $14 billion US globally in 2021. That's a 79% increase over 2020. In Canada, there was a 400% increase in crypto fraud from 2017 to 2020. And for its part, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center says it received reports cryptocurrency fraud losses totaled $75 million. What's also interesting about that is that investments that were tied to crypto made up 12.6 million of that total. By all accounts, crypto fraud is on the rise, and what's largely feeding it 
at least in my view, is that people's eyes are bigger than their stomachs. There was a line in the 1987 movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, great film, by the way, where Sheen's character, Bud Fox, is warned by Lou, one of his bosses at a stock and trading firm. The main thing about money, Bud, it makes you do things you don't want to do. That line always stood out to me, uh, though, there, I mean, there are plenty of great ones in that movie, because it encapsulates the greed with which people make decisions on how they make more money regardless of the consequences. And it's just as prescient today, 35 years after the movie came out. Wall Street was thematic in a number of ways, but its primary message was that unrestrained greed, basically worshipping at the altar of the almighty buck, could lead to a feeling of emptiness and moral bankruptcy. Gordon Gekko, Michael Douglas's character, symbolized the excess, both in his fat bank accounts and his sociopathic tendency to put accumulating wealth above all else. It wasn't just about the money for guys like him. It was how they kept score in high society. Other movies like The Wolf of Wall Street and Big Short have similar underpinnings. They, they weren't trading in cryptocurrencies, of course, but greed was a central theme in what felt like a zero-sum game. Where there are those up and winning, there are those way down and losing. And the former viewed the latter as a little more than a mass to manipulate. I'm not sure crypto scams are really any different. So much of the messaging almost guilts people into putting in money so they can join the party and hop over to the other side, feeling like a winner in whatever this game is supposed to be. It's not unlike that feeling you get when you bypass the line at the city's hottest nightclub and get their party with all the fat cats inside. I mean, these shady characters often talk in those terms where you, as the unknowledgeable layman, have a chance to make more money than you ever could otherwise. I'm sure you've come across some of them, you know, as you're like waiting to watch a YouTube video, there's an ad that comes on, or even on social media where they don't bat an eye on telling you what you want to hear. And the genius of it is that some present themselves as nobodies who knew nothing. You know, stuff like, guys, I didn't know anything about crypto, but now I'm making way more money. I'm not working a nine to five job and I'm going to help you do the same. Wow. Thanks for such generosity. As you can imagine, this sort of thing comes at a price, and the delivery is as much of the story as the snake oil you're supposed to buy into. Look, I'm no psychologist or cognitive specialist, but the formulas to lure people in aren't all that different than they were in the past. They've just been adapted for the digital age and the immediacy of social media, where it would have been tough to reach a larger audience decades ago unless you were on TV or radio you can now hit all sorts of demographics using tools that don't necessarily have to cost anything. I mean, I'm not on social media that much, but ironically, as I was doing research for this episode, the more I looked up different crypto coins and investment opportunities, I started seeing more of the very things I'm talking about here. I struggled to understand how an Instagram influencer who seemingly had no pedigree in anything crypto related could come across as a convincing advocate for a certain crypto coin. I also couldn't wrap my head around how some Instagram models could conceivably offer insight and tutelage for a price, of course, or sometimes not, on how to invest in cryptocurrencies. I, I would think that if you're that good at something like that, you wouldn't be trying to sell courses for $1,000 or more. And then also limiting the number of participants to a smaller finite amount, it, it almost seems like you're setting up an escape route to get out before anyone realizes you disappeared with all the cash. 
the thing is, these scams sometimes overlap or use different methodologies to induce people to put money in. Some are basically crypto versions of typical pump and dump schemes, where crooked brokers, traders, and investors pump up a stock, often one where the share price is low, through misleading statements and announcements over the company's operations and prospects. As more people buy in, the share price goes up. And when it hits a peak, the initial investors who pumped it all up abandon ship by selling their shares. The stock price then plummets and everyone else is left holding the bag, while the scammers hoard the profits. Since the company in question had little chance of ever meeting the expectations of such a stock price, those left holding the bag ultimately have no chance of recouping their investment. It's just cold. The movie Boiler Room exemplifies this in, in an entertaining way as the term boiler room, boiler room refers to a non-descript, you know, like nondescript call center basically filled with agents trying to sell questionable or crappy investments through high-pressure sales tactics that are either unethical or you know, downright illegal. The days of cold calling the public to put money into worthless penny stocks have moved on to message boards and comment sections on the internet. So I'm going to explain how this applies to crypto by giving you examples of how these scams and frauds work. So it usually goes something like this. You got someone who holds their phone up for like a selfie video, usually opening up, you know, with a salutation like, hey guys, and then going into a preamble about how they've done really well with a certain crypto investment, often knowing that they've got a secret way of doing it that, guess what? They're happy to share with you. Among a select few who can learn the ways of this crypto Jedi master, so you listen to this pitch, and because it's on video, they inevitably splice in screenshots showing massive gains. You know, the kind of gains you can never really verify on your own because this whole grift isn't meant to be transparent. It's only the illusion that it is. But the implication is obvious. Spend money on me, and I will help you get more than you can imagine. Oh, and uh, did I forget to mention that they can ostensibly do this for you in like record time? Yep. That's right, we're talking about major returns here, guys. I watched a lot of these types of posts on social media, especially on social media, and they left me asking a host of questions. First, if you figured out a secret that allows you to rake in lots of money that, like you claim, no one really knows about, then why are you asking people like me for money? I get it, okay, you have a talent and you don't necessarily want to give it away for free, but why would you out yourself and expose a money-making strategy by selling that same process to others? Wouldn't it stop being a secret at that point? I, I, and I don't even get what the actual crypto investment is about. You'll notice in a lot of these pitches, they go on and on about its supposed trajectory, you know, usually like soaring to new heights, but never refer to the merits of the coin or investment itself, which then leads me to my second question. Out of the thousands of crypto coins available to invest in, and yes, there literally are thousands right now, why is yours the best one to go with? Is it about a quick buck or a long-term investment? You and I could ask these things, but they may just use the old pressure sales tactic of scarcity. Get it now before it's too late. I did uh, pose these questions to one person on Instagram who was promoting a crypto coin and never heard back. I will be approaching others to gauge what exactly one can expect when diving into such murky investments. I mean, hey, like how about showing us a screenshot that isn't doctored in Photoshop? That'd be nice. Or perhaps you can enlighten us on the utility 
of the very coin you're pumping. That word, utility. Remember that word because it holds crucial significance in the crypto space. Utility carries weight in more than one way, but the gist is that a crypto coin's utility depends on how we use it in commerce. But utility also refers to how cryptocurrencies are built on certain blockchains. If you're not clear on what the blockchain is, at least the, the way I understand it, it is a decentralized ledger where all transactions are visible to everyone. Uh, it's uh, how Bitcoin works, for example. And there's naturally there's more to it than that, of course. But again, we're we're doing overviews here. And look, the, there's even a whole debate over whether Ethereum has the better utility over Bitcoin. But th that's not something I can really speak to. It, it, and it's not the point of this episode anyway. The, the point is cryptocurrencies come in different forms. And that's why you'll hear terms like utility tokens, security tokens, and stable coins. And I'm personally still learning what all these are about. But what I'm getting at is many of the charlatans I've come across on social media are really no better at explaining them than I am. And that's saying something. Scammers likely anticipate that lack of knowledge and use it to their advantage. That's why the frauds kind of mirror the traditional scams we've seen in the past. I already mentioned the good old pump and dump, but why not throw in a Ponzi scheme in the mix? Probably heard that before, right? The basic idea being that early investors make money when new investors keep coming in. Once the scheme falls for whatever reason, those same early investors pretty much have all the cash. A crypto Ponzi scheme follows a similar pattern because the people behind it will create their own coin or crypto investment opportunity. And I'm definitely emphasizing opportunity here in quotation marks, okay? Citing, and they cite all sorts of qualifying information like stats and projections saying that you, the wide-eyed layman, could also get a good slice of this enormously profitable pie that's literally growing as you hear the pitch. The general volatility with crypto actually feeds this narrative for the simple reason that the crazy upward swings and returns are supposedly all but assured. They hammer this point home by not talking about the merits or utility and instead focusing on how you're bound to make money. It's almost like saying, hey, I know you've never surfed before in your life, but man, you're going to catch this massive wave and go through it like a boss. Now, let's be realistic. Would you go right into that wave, having never stood on a surfboard before? Or would you at least put in some time to learn what to do first? So that's what that's what this is about, right? There's there is a lack of if you're if there's a lack of research involved or a lack of an explanation, it makes it a little harder to trust the investment. At least that's the way I see it. Now, I'll give you a good example of that because if you haven't heard of OneCoin, that is arguably one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in history as far as cryptocurrency goes. So basically what happened there was that investors poured in 5.8 billion US dollars into it from 2014 to 2019, only for the coin to turn out to be worthless. Okay, why? Well, for one, it promoted the idea of existing investors bringing in new ones. And those who brought them in weren't compensated with more one coin, which you would think would make sense in this case. No, they were allegedly given cold hard cash. So OneCoin also had no blockchain, meaning it had no record of any transactions and wasn't on any crypto exchanges. The scheme used a combination of Ponzi and multi-level marketing tactics to swindle a lot of people out of a lot of money. That $5.8 billion is gone, folks. The woman behind this was coined, pardon the pun, the crypto queen. 
Um, maybe it's just me. I have a hard time trusting anyone who's anointed with king or queen anything, especially when it's financially related. She, for her part, vanished in 2019 and has not been seen since, probably sailing on a yacht somewhere. But the whole crypto queen moniker is still also sailing too. It lives on and it keeps coming up on social media with various women claiming it. One that I came across was so unconvincing. It, it wasn't just that she struggled to put sentences together, generally speaking. It was also the ones that she did were bridged with the word like five times within a sentence. It, it was also that she considered any legitimate questions as people being, quote, haters and trying to take her down. Listen, I mean, charging people $2,000 to learn about how to invest in cryptocurrencies should come with a load of questions that you should be prepared to answer. And if that's not enough, here's another beauty. An online streamer known as Ice Poseidon was accused of scamming his own fans out of $500,000 by hyping his own crypto project called CX Coin, referring to it as a long-term project that would yield significant gains. Problem was, he pulled out and left everyone with nothing. So apparently, he paid off the developers who helped him develop the coin with 200000 of the five hundred grand, and then goes and records himself heading out to buy a Tesla. When confronted by an excellent YouTuber named CoffeeZilla, Poseidon admits that he could give the money back, but is actually looking out for himself by choosing not to. Personally, I don't get the logic, but okay. That whole CX coin situation is more pump and dump than Ponzi, but it's also what is affectionately known, or maybe not affectionately known, in crypto parlance as a rug pull. Okay, so, okay, rug pull. A rug pull is when the creator of a coin not only pulls out of the coin as a venture, but also takes all the investment money that was put into it with them. So a more recent example uh, would be something that was called SafeMoon, uh, where a group of guys, these guys started a coin with the old Warren Buffett-style idea of buy and hold. To make that point, the system behind it was set up in such a way that you would be taxed if you tried selling your holdings. The prevailing thought was this would dissuade people from speculative investing to drive up prices. It's, uh, it's worth your time to look it up. Uh, a lot of allegations here, but the short of it is that the original creators and their influencer marketers were accused of stealing from the, the liquidity pool to enrich themselves, something they swore was a big no-no when they started SafeMoon. See, a big part of the problem here is that cryptocurrencies aren't supposed to be marketed in the ways I've described. And yet, influencers on social media appear to be more than happy to collect on themselves, shilling for a crypto coin or investment when they don't even understand it. it. Just makes no sense. Even celebrities and athletes get in on it, with Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather both being sued over allegations they promoted Ethereum Max, a crypto token that few knew about, which then subsequently lost 97% of its value. Both were reportedly paid to promote it, but we don't know how much. And believe it or not, Conor McGregor's dog has his own coin. Dog isn't even alive, but I guess that doesn't matter. Even Joe Rogan's dog, Marshall, has a crypto coin, despite Joe having no involvement in it. I'm surprised Kardashian hasn't minted one of her ass, but I'm sure such an entrepreneurial family will likely find their way to the crypto game. That's just my guess.
the examples of of everything I've talked about here are so numerous that I could literally go on for hours just highlighting them all. And while I readily admit I don't fully understand cryptocurrencies and the underlying technologies that allow them to exist, I do have a sense, speaking for myself at least, that the whole concept behind them was to act as an alternative to fiat currencies run by central banks across the globe. No country owns or controls Bitcoin, for example. It's decentralized. It has no owner or arbiter. Uh, no one controls it that way. But I feel like instead of coming across as an alternative, it's largely talked about as a commodity to invest in. And one that is so highly speculative, people are getting in on it for a quick buck rather than any sort of long-term investment strategy or even consumer confidence. The marketing behind it does seem to echo that too. And social media and YouTube especially are just rife with it. Anyone on social media or pretty much anywhere claiming they can get you ridiculous returns of 20% or more per month are lying through their teeth. And when something like this is so volatile, scammers and fraudsters are just going to look that quickly. Have you ever gotten a phone call from someone claiming to be from the CRA in Canada or IRS in the US? They employ shock tactics telling you you're in trouble and you need to make amends right now. You need to stay on the line and go to the ATM, or even going to tell you which one to go to, to send payment in Bitcoin, so you can be a good standing again with the tax man. If I am to give any advice here, it's not to believe a word they say. Cryptocurrency is only legal tender in one country, El Salvador. All levels of government in Canada and the US don't accept or pay in cryptocurrency. So... If you get an unsolicited call from someone claiming to be from the government demanding crypto payments, let them qualify themselves to you. Ask them for a badge number or for a confirmation number that you can then use to call them back after you've taken a look at your records. I'm pretty sure they won't have a number for them for you to call them, but the best thing to do, I think, in my opinion, is to just simply hang up when these people call. And you'll note that throughout my time talking here, I have not promoted anything. Uh, and I do got to reiterate that because there are reasons for it. I mean, first, it's not the purpose behind this podcast, but more importantly, it wouldn't be right for me to do so. Making good investments takes time and research. It's your money and you should know where it's going and who, if anyone other than you, has any control over it. Crypto exchanges and blockchains are supposed to maintain a form of security that way, but I think you'll find that if you do more research that there's plenty of lack of security with crypto coins that get hyped only to then crash. Not all, of course, but it does happen. And so it would be wrong for me to say that all crypto is bad because it's just not true. Cryptocurrencies and blockchain will have a role to play in the future. But we're in a bit of a Wild West situation here where caution and due diligence can literally save you money in the end. This is a, an unregulated industry, if you will. And there is not, it doesn't seem like there is a plan or legislation that can try to put some guardrails on this, at least for people who aren't doing the research. But again, I digress. The, there are good resources available if you are looking to do that. So I do want to shout some of them out here. Uh, I mentioned CoffeeZilla earlier. He does great investigative work into various frauds and scams. Spencer Cornelia is great at breaking down various schemes himself. James Johnny and Mike Winnett out in the UK. Uh, you know, they're doing good work as well. All of these guys are on YouTube and there are plenty more where they came from. 
the stuff that they talk about does give you food for thought, at least in explaining how some of this stuff works and going into detail in very specific cases, which I think you might enjoy. And, you know, food for thought, right? Like that's, that's exactly what I hope we've left you with here at Technologic in this episode. As always, we'd love to hear from you and share your thoughts on or experiences on all things crypto. I will be signing off here, but rest assured, crypto will come up again in future episodes where we're going to talk to experts who can demystify it for us all. So feel free to connect with us over on Twitter and Instagram at technologic underscore cast or email us directly at talk at technologic.com, T-A-L-K at technologic.com. We'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.